0: Speaking on the Salem Radio Network, Dr. Carson added if the U.S. would give the military the mission of retaking the oil fields seized by ISIS, it would cut off the organization's main source of revenue. Italy with an ongoing operation today to rescue migrants in the Mediterranean Sea north of Libya. At least 40 migrants have died at sea and some 300 others at least have been saved so far. Europe, they say, is on track to see a record number of migrants crossing the Mediterranean this year. For more details go to srnnews.com.
1: Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC, Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary's latest book is The Customer Conundrum, Nine Crucial Steps for Winning Customers and Outsmarting Your Competition. He's also the author of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith.
2: Good morning, good morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to The Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK. Hope you're enjoying your weekend and getting ready for some uh, warm and humid weather. Uh, it's funny, as I was rolling up the street this morning to uh, come up to the studio, I saw one of my neighbors out walking uh, walking his dog, and he's usually not out early in the morning. So I rolled up beside him and said, hey, Fred, what's going on? And he said, I'm walking the dog before it gets too hot to get out and walk. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, from what they've said, we're going to have some hot weather coming up this, uh, this next week, along with some thunderstorms and things like that. Uh, I don't know about uh, your lawn, but my lawn needs the rain. Uh, I've, I've got uh, a lot of brown patches out there. So the, the bad side is, is the lawn needs the rain in order to stay green. The good side is, is I haven't had to mow my lawn, so that's really, really good. Anyway, great to have you along for uh, for the show today. Uh, today's show we're going to have uh, we're going to have some fun, and it's really going to be uh, probably a, a synthesizing process. A lot of what we're going to talk about today is stuff that we have talked about in little segments and snippets. Uh, over the past year or so, but i 'm going to try and synthesize uh things together, and we 're going to be talking about a topic that uh that I call foundations of life achievement uh, I'm really kind of trying to cast that uh that foundation for those of you who are looking to uh move forward, whether you're a student going to school or uh, or an employee in a company looking to uh, to move up. Uh, or maybe you're thinking about starting a business, or maybe you have a business and you want to be able to take your business to to the next level. The things we're going to be talking about today uh, are going to really get back to the foundational issues of what do you need to do if you're going to build a successful life, a successful business, a successful career. Uh, And, you know, I just want to start off this morning by by kind of putting a statement out there, and it, it probably won't make a lot of sense to some people, but it will as we uh, go through things, I promise. And that is that without a why, people fail. Uh, and it really ties back to a scripture in the Bible, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, that says, without a vision, the people perish. And that's really, really true. If you do not have a vision for where you're going in life, um, you're not going to get anywhere um you know it's uh, i think tony robbins was the one who said that you know the uh, that a goal of of no of nothing leads to a place called nowhere uh and you don't want to go there so the first thing we want to talk about in in segment 1 uh, this morning is is discovering your why why are you here and what is it that you want to do have you ever taken the time to think about that? Uh, just to take a you know a piece of paper and sit down and ask yourself, what is it that I really want to accomplish in life? What are the things that are important to me? Uh, and and not just financially, but you know things you know spiritually, uh, emotionally, uh, from a family perspective, from your career, uh, certainly financially, uh, recreationally. You know what is it that you want to be? Uh, want your life to be about? Uh, have you ever done that? And if not, why? Uh, I often make uh, make the comment when I get to speak in front of groups that most people spend more time planning their summer vacations than they do planning their lives. And, and yet those people who have a definite plan are the ones who achieve more in just a few years than most people achieve in a lifetime. And uh, I know I've used this example before, but my, my father-in-law was a classic example of that. Uh, you know, He came to this country uh, as a teenager, um, didn't speak a word of English, uh, really didn't have any connections, didn't know anybody, uh, and yet he had that determination to put together a plan and, and work toward a plan. And as a result, he was able to uh, to build, uh, you know, he, w- he was the personification of the American dream. He was able to build a, a successful life for himself and for his family. And that was uh, that was that's really really key. So having a plan is really important. But having a plan starts with understanding what's the end game. Um, Stephen Covey is one of my favorite authors. Uh, authors always says, uh, you know, begin with the end in mind. What's the end game? And if you understand the end game, then you can begin to put the puzzle pieces together to get from where you are to to where you want to be. And so, uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some pathways uh, that you can take uh, for discovering your why. And I will—I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, uh, one that I think is relatively simple, and one that may be a little bit more uh, involved. Uh, back in 2006, I had the opportunity to travel to Kazakhstan. And I actually taught at a university over there for a while, both at the, uh, the undergraduate and the graduate level. And on uh, the undergraduate level, I taught a class in strategic planning. And it was interesting because uh, the program, uh, the bachelor's degree program in this particular school, was a five year program because the, the kids who were coming into the school didn't speak English, and yet every class was taught in English. So their first year was an intensive training to learn to speak and write English. And then the last four years would be regular college, and uh, these kids were uh, were primarily juniors in college, so they were a year or so from uh, from graduating, and they thought that uh, on day one that we were going to start working on the development of a strategic plan for a large multi billion dollar multinational company, and when I first sat down with them, I said, "No, that's not what we're going to do. Your first assignment is to create a personal mission statement." And they looked at me like I had three heads and started questioning why they should do that. And I said, well, what credibility do you have in establishing a mission statement or a vision statement for a multinational company that employs tens of thousands of people if you can't create a mission statement for a company of one? And that's you. And so we began working through that. And I was surprised. The kids really got, got into it and they got engaged with what was going on. But, as you can imagine, uh this generation that was coming up was the first generation after the uh, after the Russians had pulled out of Kazakhstan, and so they had grown up for the most part in pretty humble circumstances they didn't you know they didn't come from families who were successful they didn't come from families who had a lot of money. And so when they were sitting down and and talking about their mission statements, they were talking about things from the perspective of, I want to make a lot of money, I want to have a fancy home, I want to drive sports cars, I want to have a yacht in the Mediterranean, I want to be able to travel the world in my own private jet. And I'm not saying that any of that stuff was bad, but there was a group of the students who came to me one Friday and said, we know that school is not in session on Saturday morning, but would you be willing to uh, get together with us and and talk about some of this stuff because we're struggling with creating our mission statements. So we did, and we sat around one of the classrooms, kind of got the chairs in a circle, sat around the classroom, and I began listening to what they were talking about, what what some of their ideas were. And I finally said, guys, I, I, I need to get you to focus a little bit differently here. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that you're 95 years old, that you're on your deathbed, and that your doctor has just left your side and told you that you have less than 24 hours to live. With that in mind, at that point in your life, what's going to be important to you? Is it going to be the seven-bedroom, seven-bathroom home that you live in when you can't get out of bed and use the bathroom in your own bedroom? Is it going to be the $150,000 sports car that's sitting out in the driveway that you haven't been able to drive? you know is it going to be the yacht on the mediterranean that you'll never ever see again and my point with in talking with them was not to say that material possessions in life are bad but to more focus them and say you know when it really comes down to it it's not about money and things it's about people and relationships so really i asked them to start their their mission statement from from that perspective And it was interesting. Some of them, you know, maintained the hard line that they still wanted all of the toys in life, and that was what their mission statements were. But some of them really took that to heart and began thinking about, you know, well, gee, I want to be married, you know, and I want to be a good mother or a good father, and I want to see my children raised with the right ideals, and I want to be able to provide financially for my family so that You know, my kids will not face the same financial struggles that I have and that my parents have. Some of them began to talk about, I want to take care of my parents and make sure that they have a good retirement and that I can support them uh, and things like that. So they began to focus on different things. So that's one pathway of just look at the end of your life, you know, and kind of ask yourself on my deathbed, what's going to be important to me? You know, is it going to be, you know, am I going to be sitting there saying, gee, I wish I'd spent more time at work? Or is it going to be more, gee, I wish I'd spent more time with my family and played with my kids and, you know, invested myself in their lives and and those sorts of things. Another approach that is a little bit more detailed um, is uh, actually I learned from a fellow named Peter Daniels. And he wrote a book back in the 19 – I was beginning in the – probably the early 1980s. And it was called Achieving Your Life Goals. And Peter is a very, very dynamic Christian man. He's uh, one of the largest real estate investors in Australia, and he is himself Australian. And what he did was he said that uh, what he recommended is that everybody sit down and take however long it takes, starting with where you are now and with what you believe to be important in life, and actually handwrite your life story. All of the things that you have done, you know, what have you accomplished, what have you failed at, you know, who do you know, what relationships have you built, what kind of a lifestyle do you live, uh, what are the struggles that you have faced, what are the personal things that you have had to overcome in life in the achievement or the pursuit of your dreams, and you know, take several hundred pages if you need to and, and just write out in great detail you know, uh, how many children do you have, boys or girls. What are their interests in life? What have you done in investing yourself in them? How have they turned out? And what career pursuits have they done? Really, that level of detail. And then he said, once you've finished writing all of that stuff, put it in a notebook and put it on a shelf. And for at least a month, don't even think about it, don't touch it. And he said, at the end of that month, then go back and spend an entire day and take a highlighter and a pen. And as you read through your life story, highlight the things that jump out at you and make notes in the margins of, of things uh, that are meaningful to you. And he said, as you go through that process, you will begin to find the threads of who you really are as a human being. And then you can begin to take those threads and weave them together into the tapestry that will ultimately be your life. And you can, you know, in some respects, create your own destiny from being able to do that. And the other thing is, so you know, I, I recommend that you take one of those two approaches and actually get into it. Try it. Play with it. Have fun. Uh, it doesn't need to be an onerous process, but it needs to be a process of honest self-reflection to say what's really important to me in life and in the, and in the end game. What is it that I really want to have accomplished? And then the other thing is, is to understand a little bit, and we don't have to get into the real psychology of it, but to understand a little bit about human behavior. And, and I make a comment that often gets people's attention, and that is that people do everything that they do in life for one of two reasons. We either do it to gain pleasure or we do it to avoid pain. And if you stop and think about virtually every situation that you face in life, everything you do is for one of those two reasons. And the thing that is driving you, whether it's pain or whether it's pleasure, is what you're experiencing at the time. And a, a good example of that is you know, uh, for those of you who have, have been in school, like when you were in high school or when you were in college, are you a procrastinator? Have you ever had a paper that you had to write and you just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because there was pleasure in not having to you know, sit down and do the research and get all the note cards up and then type the paper and all that sort of stuff? But what happens when you get to, like, the night before the paper is due? All of a sudden, the tables turn, and you realize that the F that you're going to get if you don't turn in the paper is going to cause you excruciating amounts of pain. And all of a sudden, you pull things together, and it may not be the best job in the world, but you get the paper done, and you hand it in. That's the way human behavior works. And so we, we not only have to look at why we're here and what is it is that we want to accomplish, but then we have to go through what I call the process of gaining leverage. We have to gain leverage on ourselves in order to take action. So we, we need to take that pain pleasure principle and we need to use a, a combination of those things in order to force ourselves and, you know, and motivate ourselves to do the things that we need to do to get ourselves to take action. Uh, toward the goals that we have, and that becomes vitally, vitally important. And so we've talked a little bit about the development of a why and the reasons that we do the things that we do. When we come back from our break, I want to get into uh, kind of the next natural step, and that is that a lot of times we sit back and we think about things and we kind of carry these ideas in our mind, but we really need to get these things out of our mind and get them onto paper In a meaningful way. And so when we come back after a quick break here, we're going to be talking about documenting your why. So don't touch that radio dial. Stay right with us. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Have you ever dreamed of achieving true greatness in your life? What does achieving greatness mean to you? No matter how you define it, greatness is always achieved intentionally, never accidentally. Hello, I'm business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author, Gary Smith. One of the key attributes of achieving true personal greatness is the constant pursuit of knowledge. I wrote the book Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed, to help give you the personal and business development tools you need to help put your life and your business on the road to success. It's chock full of ideas that you can put to work to produce immediate results in all areas of your life. Don't settle for being average. Go to Optex.com and get your copy of Achieving Unusual Greatness today.
0: Bold lion, playful otter, busy beaver, or loyal golden retriever. Which of those animals describes your personality style? On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. John Trent helps you understand and appreciate different personalities, especially within your family. It'll be an energetic and enlightening conversation on the next Focus on the Family with Jim Daly.
1: Monday morning at 7 and Monday afternoon at 3 here on 1550 AM WSDK.
0: Quite warm through the afternoon with possible Sunday toward evening across the Connecticut Valley. Thanks to some nearby shower activity, close to 90 this afternoon, mid to upper 60s tonight. A bit drier again for tomorrow, but lots of sunshine. Push temps up to around 90. The heat's on for Monday with lots of sunshine, low, maybe mid-90s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update.
2: Okay, welcome back to Segment 2 of the Gary Smith Show. Great to have you folks along. Thanks for staying tuned in. So we've been talking about in segment one, discovering your purpose, discovering your why. And now we want to talk about uh, the next step because a lot of times, as I said before the break, what happens is, is we carry a lot of ideas around in our head, but it really doesn't do us any good. We need to get it out of our head and we need to get it on paper. Um, and so uh, we need to begin thinking about documenting the things that we want to accomplish with our lives. And it doesn't necessarily need to be organized uh there's nothing wrong with just doing kind of a brain dump and getting all the stuff on paper and then going back later and, and beginning to organize things. Um, and and the, the reason that we want to do that and the, and the power of writing stuff down and, and organizing it and begin to, beginning to think about it in, in those terms is that we really have the opportunity to tap into the power of our subconscious mind. And I'm going to talk about that uh, a little bit now, and uh, and then a little bit more later on. But uh, Earl Nightingale uh, was a famous uh, professional speaker. Uh, he was a sportscaster and a writer, um, and the peak of his career was back in the back in the 1950s. But Earl put together a program uh, that I've listened to a number of times called "Lead the Field," and it was about you know seven different ideas. Uh, for achieving great success in life. And one of the things that Earl talked about is the whole concept of thinking. He said, Do you realize that most of us go through our lives and we never really spend a lot of time intentionally thinking about anything? So stop and think about your average day. You get up in the morning, uh, you shower, if you're a guy, you shave, you get dressed, you may have breakfast. Uh, you hop in the car, you go to work, you go to your office or uh, or your shop, and you begin doing your work and for the most part during the day you know you 're on autopilot you 're doing things that are pretty normal you know normal routines. And then at the end of the day, you hop in the car and you go home and you have dinner with your wife and kids. You may talk about a few things and then you sit in, uh, in front of the TV and by 1030 or 11 o'clock, uh, you're either asleep or you finally get up and go to bed and the next morning you start all over again. And, and when you stop and think about the daily routines that we go through, how much time do you spend in active thinking about things? Not a lot. And yet we have this powerful tool located between our ears that really does have a tremendous amount of ability to help us if we'll learn to use it. And so what Earl has suggested, and he said this is something that he uh, had, had done, is every every Monday through Friday, he said, I spend one hour a day in thinking. And he said, it's a very organized process. I get up in the morning. He said, I, I prefer thinking early in the morning when the house is quiet, everybody's still sleeping. He said, I get up, I grab a cup of coffee, and I grab a blank piece of paper, and I sit at the kitchen table, and he said, at the top of that piece of paper, I write down a major problem that I'm trying to solve in my life. And he said, I spend one full hour thinking and making notes about what are the various things that I could do to solve that problem. And he said, I try to come up with at least 20 ideas. And he said now when you first start doing something like this he said you have to be aware that your brain is not going to like it it does not like being dragged up out of sleep in the early in the morning and forced to go to work but he said and he said the other thing is is that you know he said you may not be able to get 20 ideas but when you start out if you get one that's good but he said the interesting thing that he's found is he said I've been doing this for a number of years now He said, when I go through this process, he said, the vast majority of the ideas that I come up with in my thinking process are no good. They won't work. But he said the interesting thing that he found, that he's found, is that when you go through that process, later on in the day, or maybe even the next day, all of a sudden ideas will start to bubble up into your mind that are really, really good ideas, And it finally dawned on him that what he was doing is that he was implanting—the thought process of thinking was implanting the ideas and his problems into his subconscious mind. And his subconscious mind was kind of like grabbing that stuff and working behind the scenes, and all of a sudden, you know, started feeding him information about, well, hey, maybe you could do this, and what about this, and oh, this is a really good idea, and he said when you get those kinds of ideas popping up during the day, take the time to write them down and, and go work on them. And so the subconscious is is very, very powerful. And that's why we want to begin uh, not only writing down the things that we want to accomplish, but we want to go one step beyond that. And that is uh, addressing the subject. And we've had a couple of people on the uh, on the show here in the not-too-recent past um, who've talked about vision boards, and I don't know how many of you f- are familiar with that, but, uh, but vision boards are kind of a, a pictorial display of what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your life. And so I want to start off, and I want to talk for just a few minutes about vision boards and, and how you picture your life. How do you picture your personal life and your personal prosperity and your business life? You know, what does it really look like? You know, when you, if you were to sit back and close your eyes and just kind of paint a multicolor picture in your head, what does it look like? Um, you know, is it clear? And maybe even more importantly, is it something that's compelling? Uh, does it create, uh, you know, that white hot burning desire in you that literally drives you forward to whatever it is that you want to achieve with your life? Um, and, and I got to admit when I was first told by one of my mentors that I needed to create a vision board, if I was really serious about achieving my goals, um, to say the least, I was skeptical because, you know, I, truth be told, I thought it was sort of hokey, you know, why am I going to put all this stuff, you know, down on a vision board? But I really, I think in the final analysis that I had a healthy measure of fear that was arising from the possibility that if I put everything on paper for everyone to see and then I didn't hit it, I didn't get the things that I wanted in life, that I'd be completely embarrassed and that everybody that I knew and everybody whose opinion I valued, I would feel like a failure. And I didn't want to feel like a failure in front of other people. But it wasn't until I began doing some research that I discovered – Um, some scientific evidence for the power of vision boards, Uh, and that's what I want to talk to you a a little bit about today. Because a vision board is just nothing more than a visual depiction of what you want out of your life, both now and in the future. It's a collection of images, images that are are created by you that represents what you want your life to look like, what you want it to feel like, what you want it to smell like, taste like, whatever the case may be. And it really has two purposes. You know, One is to be a visual representation of your dreams. And the second is to be a roadmap that defines pictorially where you're going and how that's going to impact your life. So it's important to remember that the active ingredient of your vision board is the word visualization. So what's the science behind vision boards? Well, at the base of your brain is a tiny little organ uh, about the size of your little finger, and it's called the reticula- reticular activating system, or RAS. And the job of the RAS is to filter incoming information and to decide how important it is. So let me give you, uh, you know, a couple of examples. Let's say that you, uh, you know, you've lived in your neighborhood for, you know, maybe as long as I have, you know, over twenty-five years. And you're getting in your car and you're going to drive to the grocery store that's several miles away. When you do that, how much of that trip do you actually remember? I mean, if there's uh, you know somebody riding a bicycle alongside of the road or if a dog runs out in front of, the, uh, out in front of your car, you're going to remember that. But what about some of the other things, you know, the literally thousands of things that you don't see, um, like maybe a man mowing his lawn or a person walking down his driveway to get the mail, um, the making color of a car parked in one of your neighbor's driveways. Are you paying attention to all those things? And, and more importantly, if you're not, if you're not catching that stuff, why aren't you seeing it? You know, in, in fact, you really do see it. But what's happening is, is that your reticular activating system filters those things out as being unimportant, because they don't relate to the fact that you're on your way to the store. You know, and stop and think about it. I mean, if, if you actually saw and your mind tried to process the millions of things that you see every day, you know if there wasn't that God-given little filtering system in your body, I think our heads would probably explode because we'd just be overwhelmed with all, of, with all of the information. But let's look at it from the other side. Um, you know, a second example, let's say that you just uh, you just purchased and you're going to pick up a brand new car, a black Volkswagen Jetta. And you go to the dealership and you pick up your car and you may have like a 20-mile 20, 20 ride home from the dealership. On the trip home, how many black Jettas do you see? You ever done that? I mean, I still do it today. My car is 10 years old, and I still, every time I'm on the road, I notice every car that looks just like mine. Um, But here's a question. Do you see them because all of a sudden everybody's out buying, buying black Jettas? No. You see them because your reticular activating system is now actively filtering incoming information, and it's calling all the black Jettas to your attention because that's something that's in the forefront of your mind. Well, so what, you may be asking. What difference does that make? The difference is this. Most people just respond to that reticular activating system and allow it to be on autopilot. They never realize that their reticular activating system can be programmed. It can be conditioned. So simply put, we all listen to our RAS, but very few of us talk to it. So the point of conditioning your RAS is to help it screen for information that you can use to get closer to achieving your goals and move that information into the active part of your brain. And the process of conditioning is simple. It involves clearly establishing what you want to happen, creating a picture, to dis, uh, a picture display of it, and maintaining an ongoing focus on what you're going to accomplish. So if you have that vision board and you have pictures on it and you you know, display it prominently in your office or in your home or on your refrigerator or whatever, you've got those constant reminders and you're subconsciously speaking to your reticular activating system saying, hey, this is important, please pay attention to this. So when we look at a vision board, you know, it can become the tool that you use to talk to your RAS. So here's some simple steps for creating a vision board. Uh, You know, get a piece of, you know, poster board large enough to hold the pictures related to your goals. So something, you know, maybe two feet by three feet, something like that, 24 by 30 or 36 inches is, is good. Get clear on what it is that you want. We already talked about writing down what it is that you want to accomplish with your life. So go back to that list and pick out the things that you want to work on. And then gather pictures. You know, go through magazines or go on the Internet and print out stuff that relates to, what it is that you want to accomplish, you know, and make sure that those pictures, you know, are things that you you find pleasing, that they're exciting, that they're energizing, and then uh, you know, put those up on your vision board in their appropriate locations and display the board in a prominent place, something someplace in your home or in your business where you're going to see it all the time, and then when you go through as you begin to achieve those goals. Uh, there's a couple of ways to deal with it. I know some people, you know, do a little celebration and they take the picture off the board. Uh, You know, one of the things that I like to suggest is get a big red magic marker and as you achieve things, cross them off so that you have a history of of what you've done. In fact, I actually know some people who actually keep a journal and as part of the journal they keep a running list of the goals that they're accomplishing in life so that if they ever hit a point where they get discouraged – they can go back and they can look at that journal and they can see over a period of you know weeks, months, and years exactly what they have accomplished in their lives, and it reenergizes them to you know to keep going. You know, but make sure your vision board is dynamic, keep it up to date, and as your dreams get bigger, you know, put new pictures up. So I hope that that helps a little bit as far as understanding, documenting your why, and the power of of, of visualization. And really programming yourself for achievement Uh, because no matter what you do, no matter whether you're a student uh, in college or whether you're uh, working in your career or whether you're a business person, no matter what happens, all of us run into situations where we get discouraged. And I don't know about you. I've had times in my life where, where I've hit points where I've sat back and said, why in the world am I doing this? And when you begin asking yourself those questions, you've got to have an answer. And if you can look at your vision board or if you can look at a list of goals that you have and say, this is why. This is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm sacrificing for my family. This is why I'm building and saving for my financial future so my kids can go to college. You know, I'm saving for my retirement, whatever the case may be. If you have that why in front of you, uh, then you can pull yourself up out of that discouragement and you can dust yourself off and you can keep on going. With that, we're going to uh, take a break. And when we come back, we've, like I said, in segment one, we've talked about discovering your why. Segment two, we talked about documenting it and creating that vision board. In, uh, in segment three today, we're going to talk about achieving your why and, uh, and how you go about the process of, of getting from where you are to where you want to be. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition, they're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things.
2: You want a better future for you and your loved ones. You feel that you have what it takes, but you just don't know where to start. I can help. My name is Gary Smith. I come alongside you to help you design a plan for your amazing future. Then I mentor you through the implementation process until you're well on your way to achieving your goals. Don't wait another second. Call me now at 203 599 1467 or email me at garyoptex.com at for a free, no obligation consultation.
3: This is Life Changing Radio's Bill Blount. Say, starting on Monday, join me on our website and Facebook pages as I post short videos on my recent trip to Alaska. You'll see Hatcher Pass and an old gold mine. And I'll pan for gold, and you'll see what I got. That starts Monday, every day, all week. I'll be posting a new video. Find it on LifeChangingRadio.com and on Life Changing Radio's
0: Facebook page. Plenty warm through the afternoon. Temps approach 90 across the Connecticut Valley. May be a thunderstorm late with some nearby shower activity. Clearing and turning a bit drier tonight, mid to upper 60s. But plenty warm tomorrow with lots of sunshine near 90. Remaining on the warm side tomorrow night near 70. The heat's on for Monday with lots of sun again, 90 to 95. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update.
2: Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK. If you have any questions or anything, please feel free to call in uh, 860-432-9735. Uh, you can also email me at questions at optex.com. Uh, and I've got the computer right in front of me here. So if you do email in, uh, we'll be happy to uh, bring up and answer your questions uh, right here, right here on the air. So in segment one, We talked about the whole concept of discovering your why. Why is it important uh, to know where it is that you're going in life? And then in segment two, we were talking about uh, the power of the subconscious mind and and learning to write things down and create that vision board so that you have a real uh, clear uh, pictorial uh, visualization of exactly what it is that you're working on. And I know a lot of you are going to relate that to money. It's not just about money. Uh, It could be anything. You know, it could be college education for yourself. It could be uh, things that you want to accomplish through your church, things that you want to accomplish in ministry. You know, it could be other things, places in the world that you want to go, uh, relationships that you want to build with people in your life. Those are all vital things to be setting goals for, and they all lead to a much more balanced life. So once you've documented all of that stuff, you know, that's great and you're sitting there saying, "Okay, what do I do next?" And so we need to talk about the achievement of your goals. And the the initial process is what we want to go what we want to do is we want to go from that vision to a plan. And and we're going to walk through the steps of that process right now but the the first thing that you really have to do is you have to say okay I have all of these things in life that I want to accomplish and the first thing I need to do is figure out what kind of a vehicle I'm going to use to get me there you know so if we take an example of a career or uh, a business you know how are you going to go about um, you know selecting the right career how are you going to go about selecting the right business to be in to be able to achieve that and That is a challenge in today's marketplace because things are really, really changing. Um, You know, I I have for a long time now, um, you know, for the past three or four years said that despite the fact that the government is talking about us being in an economic recovery, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I'm not seeing it personally. I'm not seeing it in the, you know, in the companies and the individuals that I work with. Uh, And so... I think that we have to I've made the comment that I think we have to look deeper than the numbers that are being published by the government because they will say well unemployment is you know is now down I don't know what the current numbers are but I think it's in the 5.5 5.6% uh something like that and yet look at the number of people who have fallen off the job rolls because they haven't they haven't found work and yet they're no longer being counted statistically because they're beyond that range of, uh, of being able to get unemployment compensation. Look at the percentage of people who may have gotten jobs, but they're significantly underemployed compared to where they were before. Uh, so all of those things, I think, you know, play in. But uh, I just picked up a book the other day by a fellow named Eric Warry and uh and i was uh, began reading it last night and there was a segment of it um that really really hit me because it it introduced me to changes that are going on in our economy that i don't think many of us have thought about or have have related to and so i i want to take a, uh, just a couple of minutes it's like three pages of of this uh of this book That I want to read to you because I think it really drills home what we need to be thinking about. And the the title of this is The New Economy. And and here's what Eric has to say. The world as you know it has changed. For the people who don't recognize that fact, it will be the worst of times. For the people who do, it will be the best of times. Over the last one hundred years, an interesting phenomena occurred. The rise of the corporation became the standard in society. The safe and respected place for people to exist in the workplace was as an employee. Step one, go to school and learn how to be an employee. Step two, find a company that will employ you. Step three, work for that company for 40 years. And step four, retire. Now, that's kind of the world that my parents lived in uh, and my, uh, my in-laws. You know, My father-in-law retired uh, back in 1982 after over 30 years. With the uh, with the company that he had worked for, so that was that was the mode. You know, he worked for a large corporation. Uh, he got a job there. He worked hard. He worked his way up. You know, was there for a number of years and then finally retired. But here's what Eric says. He said, in recent decades, the promise of being rewarded by the company for your loyalty and hard work has been exposed as a myth. People began to realize the loyalty they were giving to their company was not being given in return. So a different process evolved. Step one, go to school and learn to be an employee. Step two, find a company that will employ you. Step three, switch companies for various political and economic reasons every three to five years over the course of your career. And then step four, find that you can't retire comfortably after 40 years, so keep working. And that's what my generation is facing right now. I don't know about you folks, but, you know, people who were in their 40s, 50s, uh, 60s, but still not retired, stop and think about it. You know, how many of you have worked for the same company for 40 years versus how many of you have, you know, have changed jobs, you know, uh, you know, three, four, five, you know, even more times than that, uh, either to advance your career or because of economic situations where you know you got laid off from one company and you had to find a job with another company. So I think we can all relate to that in some respects, but now we're going through, according to Wari, he says now we're going through the biggest shift in any of our lifetimes. For a century, companies have paid people by the hour, by the week, or by the year. That is changing on a global level. The world is moving toward a performance-based economy and it's already happening. Here's what that means. In the future, you're only going to be paid for performance. You won't be paid for your time anymore. Servers in the food industry already live in this model. They get very low hourly wages, and they make their living through tips based on their performance. If you can imagine the same model being applied to virtually every job in the world, you'll see what's coming. The person cleaning the rooms in a hotel won't be paid by the hour anymore. They'll be paid by the room. For office workers, here's an example. A person has a $60,000 annual salary. Step one, the company will lower that salary to something like $50,000 because with today's marketplace, there are other people to take the job for a lower amount. Step two, they will reduce the base salary to something like $20,000 a year. Step three, they will tell that person that they can get an additional $30,000 over the year if they hit certain performance benchmarks on a monthly basis. In other words, if they hit their numbers, they can make an additional $2,500 a month. Now the pressure is on, and the company is loving it. If you don't hit your numbers, they can save even more money. If you do hit your numbers, guess what's in your future? They'll give you a raise in your requirements. Unless you're extremely specialized, this will happen to you if it hasn't already. Count on it, and it will happen in every single profession worldwide. The evolution has begun. Why is this happening? One, it's be- a better model for the company. They'll get better results with less expense. Two, the new economy needs fewer people, so the, econ- so the company has more people competing for fewer and fewer jobs. Let me explain why the new economy needs fewer people. The exponential rise of technology has changed everything. Over 100 years ago, 90 percent of the population worked in agriculture. Today, because of dramatic efficiencies, it's less than one percent, and the farming jobs are gone. Remember customer service call centers where you talk to people? Today, you talk to a machine, and those jobs are gone. Remember when companies had massive uh, had a massive amount of salespeople? Now people order online and those sales jobs are gone. Remember Blockbuster Video and all of its employees? Now people watch movies on their handheld or tablet devices and those jobs are gone. I love books, but go to your local bookstore while you can. They will be history soon and so will the jobs provided by those stores. I could go on and on through virtually every work category in the world. Technology and efficiency are eliminating jobs every single day And there's nothing we can do to stop it. In fact, it's only going to to accelerate. If you're sitting there waiting for the economy to bounce back and for jobs to return, don't. They aren't coming back. Just like the children of farmers saw the handwriting on the wall and left farming for new vocations, the same thing is happening for people working in old economy jobs. To survive, they'll need to open their eyes to this reality and find something new. And so... We need to really look at things from a different perspective. It's no longer the success in the world today, I think what Eric Worre is saying, is no longer about trading dollars you know, or hours for dollars. It's learning how to get compensated for performance. And so you have to figure out, you know, whatever for you, whatever that may be, that pathway in life of how can you get rewarded based on performance and realize that you're going to have to, if you want to continue to get paid and if you want to get paid more, you need to constantly improve and increase your performance as you live your life. So choosing a right vehicle is is one of the main things, and that may be a main, you know, a big challenge. Uh, but, you know, but there are opportunities out there because with everything that happens, with every tech, every technological change, with every shift in the economy, there are many, many new ways to be able to make money. There are new ways to be able to do things, so it's a matter of discovering them and then linking them to what you're trying to accomplish in your life. And then uh, the second part of it is is to look at things from the standpoint of what skill sets do you have and what skill sets do you need to have. We no longer live in an environment where uh, you can go to school and you can get trained for whatever you do, and that's it. Uh, We all have to to adapt ourselves to being lifelong learners. And part of that is identifying, you know, doing what I call a gap analysis, looking at where you are, where you want to go, and from a skills perspective, a skills and abilities perspective, what is holding you back? What are the gaps that need to be filled for you to get from where you are to where you want to be? And then developing a plan for how you're going to go about doing that. You know, and, and kind of creating that prioritized approach to say, these are the skills that I have, and you may not be able to acquire all of those skills immediately, but it's looking at it and saying, which ones are the most important? Let me pick the top three. Let me start start working on those. And not that you're going to uh, to get perfect at it or that you need to be perfect at it, but you need to push those skill levels up. Um, You know, I've uh, made a comment to someone not too long ago because he was talking about, you know, he really wanted to pursue perfection in a particular area. And I said, you know what, success is not the pursuit of perfection. Success is the pursuit of completion. And so we have to be at an acceptable level in order to be able to, to utilize our skills and we begin to develop, you know, to develop that achievement plan. And, and you know, part of the achievement plan, like I said, is you know, deciding what is it that you want to go, you're going to want to do that's going to generate the income to support the lifestyle that you want to live, however you define that lifestyle to be. What are the gaps? How are we going to fill in the gaps uh, to get where we want to, to go? And then it's a matter of setting goals. Uh, we have to set goals, specific goals. To say this is what I want to achieve, and this is when I want to achieve it by, uh, and and that starts by saying, you know, if I have a goal that says uh, I want to be making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year uh, by the end of by December thirty first of two thousand seventeen, it's beginning the process of backing up and saying, okay, what do I have to do? In order to achieve that goal and keep asking yourself, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do until you get back to a point where you know what is it that you have to do today in order to make that goal that may be a year or two years out in the future become a reality and I use what I call the smart system when it comes to setting goals uh you know and it the uh, the smart um you know stands for the s stands for specific every goal that you should you know you have should be specific. It's not enough to say, I want to make a lot of money. It's much better if you can say, I want to make $150,000 a year by December 31st, 2017. That's what I want to be doing. So make it specific. Make it measurable so you can tell. You can look at it and say, you know, hey, I'm measuring my way. Am I getting closer to or further away from my goal? Am I making an adequate amount of progress so that I can see that by the end of 2017, I'm going to be where I want to be. Uh, it has to be achievable. Um, you know, For me to sit down and say, I want to make $5 million a year tomorrow, and I only make $20,000 a year today, you know, is, it's not achievable. Not only is it not achievable, but the R of smarts is it has to be realistic. It's not realistic. So don't set yourself up for failure by putting goals out there that are neither achievable nor realistic, but at the same time, um, stretch yourself. Make yourself work for it because it's in the working process that you become better at what you do. And then as we talked about, the, the T stands for time-based, and that is that you have to have, uh, you know, you have to bound yourself by time and and hold yourself to, uh, you know, to a deadline. And once you've done that, uh, then it becomes a matter of of what I call using the five step process. Now the five step process says you set a goal, you take action toward that goal, you monitor your progress, you make adjustments, and you repeat that process and the best example that I can give you is one of uh, an airplane let's say we're you know an air, we've got an airplane that's flying from Los Angeles to Honolulu, Hawaii. Do You realize that, you know, that that airplane is off course 95% of the way. But what happens is, is the pilot sets a goal. I'm flying from Los Angeles to Honolulu. He takes action. He takes off the runway and he gets that plane up in the air. But then the pilot has this little device on his aircraft that's called an autopilot. And what the autopilot does is that it pings itself off of, uh, you know, off of satellites. It's like a GPS and it constantly monitors its position. And it says, off course, correct. Off course, correct. You know, and as a result of that, several hours later, that plane achieves its goal and it lands right on a dime, right on the runway in Honolulu. That's what the goal achievement process in our lives needs to be all about. We're going to take another quick break and we're going to come back with a uh, with a short wrap-up. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: My
3: organization asked me to find a speaker for one of our major events. I didn't know where to turn until a friend recommended that I contact Gary Smith. Gary was easy to work with and affordable. He designed and delivered an amazing program that met all of our needs.
2: This is Gary Smith. If you're looking for a speaker who will entertain, educate and inform your audience, call me at 203-599-1467 to discuss your specific requirements. I speak on a wide range of business, personal development and spiritual topics and I'll create a program that is guaranteed to please. Again, I'm Gary Smith, and I look forward to your call. 203 599 1467.
3: This is Life Changing Radio's President Bill Blount with a quick reminder to join me on Twitter. Each day. ...stories that might be of interest to you. Sometimes it's news about Christianity. Other times it's stories about our culture and society. And sometimes it's just an interesting picture or video. In any case, please sign up for my Twitter at any of the following places. Directly on Twitter at BillBLCR. That's BillBLCR. Or sign up at our website at LifeChangingRadio.com or on our weekly newsletter link. So join the conversation with Life Changing Radio on Twitter.
2: Okay, welcome back to The Gary Smith Show. Uh, We're just about to wrap things up here, but as we close our show today, I just want to take a couple of minutes and kind of run back through the myriad of things that we talked about during the program today. And we started off talking about discovering your why, taking the time to really sit down and do that introspection, do that thinking to figure out what is it that you're doing? Why are you here? What do you want to accomplish with your life? Why is that important? What is it that God wants you to do? And, and a lot of times I think as Christians we get hung up with that because it's like, well, I'm studying the scriptures and I'm praying, trying to figure out what God wants to do. And I think that a lot of times God's sitting on his throne in heaven saying, you know what, if you get out there and take action, I'd bless whatever it is that you want to do. I really don't care what you do. Just go do something. You know, do something for me. Uh, and so that becomes important. And then documenting that, creating that vision board of you know your kid graduating from college you know what your retirement is going to look like uh you know being out in the mission field you know uh whether it's here in the, you know, in the United States or overseas whatever it is that you that you do create that vision board and focus yourself on that use it to program yourself uh for achievement and then focusing on really developing a plan identifying the things that you want to do choosing an appropriate vehicle for you and then developing Uh, the skills that you need and and closing the gaps and becoming a better person in the things that you do. Uh, And then setting those SMART goals and using the five-step process of once you set a goal, uh, taking action, monitoring progress, making adjustments, repeating that process over and over and over again. And then as you achieve your goals, replace them with bigger goals. Uh, and and really praying, I think, the last part of it is praying that God will use the Holy Spirit to just open your mind uh, and open your heart to the possibilities. God has created us as miraculous people, and he's put us on this earth to accomplish wonderful things. So go forth and accomplish. Uh, if I can be of any help to you, email me, questions at optext.com. I'm here for you. Would love to have the opportunity to talk with you and work with you. That's the end of our show today. God bless you all. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Stay as cool as you possibly can. Live your life on purpose. We'll see you next Saturday.
1: Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, Optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you. Don't wait. Call the Mobility Hotline
0: right now. 800-419-1964. 800-419-1964.
1: In his book, Lasting Love, Alistair Begg reveals important building blocks for ensuring that your marriage is one that will last a lifetime. And now Lasting Love is available as a free audio download from Life Changing Radio.
0: When a man tells me,